tuning in to And She Shall Be Called Woman with your host today, Reverend Kathy LaFleur. And I just want to thank all of my returning followers, and I want to especially welcome all of the new listeners to the show. I thank God that we are back on Anchor FM, that God has placed it in my spirit to start back up this podcast, bring a word to the women of God, encourage them, inspire them, and ignite them. My God, and I just thank them. I thank them. So I'm calling this particular time our season two, if you will. And so this is our first episode of season two, and we're going to be talking about the audience of one. So let's go ahead and get into the text. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter three, verse 17, and it reads as follows. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let's pray. God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would decrease me, Lord God, and that your Holy Spirit will increase in me. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God, I pray that you will open up every ear of the listeners, Lord God, that we will hear you differently today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would touch every woman, Father God, that is tuning into this broadcast, God. Bless them. Hallelujah, God. Bless them like never before. Wrap your arms around them, Lord God, and keep them on this day, God. I know that there may be difficult times going on in our lives, but God, I ask that you would just do something miraculous for your daughters today. And we will be so careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus goes and he goes into the wilderness to be baptized by John. And John was not only baptizing, but he was preaching repentance to the sinners and declaring that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what I found intriguing and enlightening about the text is that the Bible makes mention of his appearance, saying that he wore garments of camel's hair and leather belt around his waist. And and it also said that John the Baptist ate food that was locusts and wild honey. Now, this is not the picture of a preacher we see these days because John's attire would not be considered prestige, nor is the wilderness a location that our modern-day preachers would consider practical. And if you saw a preacher like John the Baptist in 2020, he would be considered an odd character. To some, his clothing described his poverty, but Jesus describes him as more than a prophet. Now, there were so many people coming uh, to the wilderness. Jerusalem and all of Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. and, And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. And even the Pharisees and the Sadducees were coming to the baptism, but they were not coming to be baptized. They were coming to spectate. And and so I just came to tell you, let me just drop a nugget in your spirit. Everybody that's your Facebook friend ain't really your friend. You have to be careful of the spectators in the crowd that's surrounding you just to see what you're doing, just to criticize what you're doing. So Jesus came to be baptized by John, even though the crowd may have been many and and you had the onlookers and and you had the spectators there, there's one thing that we need to understand. Ah, my God, man may be looking at you, but God is sure enough watching you. 
And, and so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they did not come to support John. Ah, my God, they didn't come to support John the Baptist. It was in their nature to stir up conflict. So, ladies, you have to understand that you, my God, that you're going to walk this walk with God. It's not going to be an easy one. And, and every now and then, huh, you may be talked about. And, and every now and then, you may be persecuted. And, and every now and then, you may be lied on and even lied to. But God said, if you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. As, as a matter of fact, my God, you should expect criticism when you're doing the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. And a writer once said, he said that we should live life quorum deal, which means before the heart of God. And so we can't get caught up in what the next person is doing. Keep your eyes on the prize. Don't worry about the naysayers and the backbiters. God told me a long time ago, what they say behind your back, daughter, they still say to my face. So if you're doing it in the name of God, uh, the name of God doesn't represent you. It represents the house, the heart of God. And so you're not pleasing God if you're trying to please others and, and trying to please yourself. And we can't live our lives for the crowd. We must live our lives for the crown and bearing our own cross so we can follow after Christ in the company of people, but in the presence of God. See, God sees all and he knows all and he is our all in all. So there is no escaping the eyes of God and there is no escaping the face of God and, and there is no escaping the heart of God. And although we know that God doesn't have human attributes, his expectation for us is that we are doing the things that please him and not man. He, he is omnipresent, so he's everywhere at the same time. Ladies, he sees us. Oh, my God. So be careful not to become people pleasers. It hinders the authenticity of your services unto God. John the Baptist story teaches us that you don't have to be fancy or famous, but you do have to be faithful. Don't get so consumed with what other people think that you lose sight of what God thinks about you. He said that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and so stop trying to look the part and go ahead and be the part that God called you to be. Stop caring about how others see you. Uh, you will have haters and, and they will be written in your story. Huh? But they are there to keep you humble and to bring him glory. Winston Churchill once was asked, why wasn't he shocked by a vicious attack from a fellow member of a parliament? And his reply was so amazing. He said, if I respected him, I would care about his opinion, but I don't. See, you can't care about the opinions of others. You only have to be concerned with the audience of one. And we have the audience of one. And he is watching our conduct as well as our conversation. So keep your mouth and, and guard your gates. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah, Jesus. So don't try to do what others want you to do. Don't try to be what others want you to be. Be who God chose you to be. And, and let someone know today, I don't have nothing to lose. And, and I don't have nothing to explain. I don't have nothing nothing to prove and I don't have nothing to gain. I'm in the audience of one. Hallelujah. And it is extremely critical that at this time, this time of COVID-19 with so many people and so many preachers and so many pastors and so many prophets on social media that we realize that there is only one watching greater than them all, greater than all your friends and all your followers. We are in the audience of one. We have nothing to prove to man and everything to prove to God. And although John the Baptist had so many people that came to the Jordan, he declared to his audience in his preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
It was in the audience of one who watched as John baptized his beloved son in the Jordan River. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away, the Bible says, out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened up unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting up on him. And lo, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. When you realize that you are in the presence of the audience of one, you won't focus on what others think. When you realize that there is an audience of one, everyone else won't matter. When you realize that there is an audience of one, you will do his will regardless of who's watching. When you realize that there is an audience of one, people can't come up to you and say anything you realize that God, if he be for you, who can be against you? And people will come and go out of your life, but you have to stay focused on the assignment. When you realize that there is an audience of one, you'll be mindful that his eyes are always watching you. It is in the audience of one that we, that he sees your appearance. It is in the audience of one that we avail ourselves to him. It is in the audience of one that he sees how authentic we really are. It is in the audience of one that gives us the assurance. Hallelujah. It is in the audience of one who approves you. It it is in the audience of one who appoints you. It, It is in the audience of one, the one he anointed you. It is in the audience of one and he affirms you. So ladies, I admonish you today to just Always remember that you are being watched by God, even if you're being followed by many. Only what you do for Christ will last. So I just want to thank you for tuning into our first episode. And I ask you to join us again every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Anchor FM. Let us pray. God, I thank you right now for every person that tuned in under the sound of my voice. And I thank you, Lord God, that we know now that we are in the audience of one. And it doesn't matter what people say, and it doesn't matter what people think, and it doesn't matter what people feel, God. It doesn't even matter how we feel. All that matters is that you get the glory out of our life, God. So I ask right now, in the name of Jesus, that you will touch every person that has come on this podcast, Lord God, to hear a word from you, God. And God, I thank you right now for what you're doing. God, I ask that you would continue to give me more for your people. Oh God, feed us until we want no more. God, you said that if we were thirsty, that you were water, God. That if we were hungry, that you were the bread of heaven, God. And I thank you in the name of Jesus that we can lean lean and depend on you, Lord God. God, I ask you to touch every listener, every woman, Lord God. And even if some men came in, God, touch them in the name of Jesus. Help us, God, to be reminded that only you matter, God. Your eyes are always upon us, Lord God. And the only thing that really counts is what you feel. God, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing unto you, O God. And God, I just thank you and I ask that you would touch in a mighty way, that you would bless God, that you would keep, that you would heal, set free, and deliver. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you for tuning in to our first episode of our second season, and she shall be called woman. And 
Our show is definitely looking for sponsorship and listener support. And you can support this podcast with a small monthly donation just to help us sustain future episodes. Just click on the subscribe or the donation or the support link in the app. Our podcast can also be found streaming on Spotify. You can find us on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, CastBox, and Apple Podcasts. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Please join me again every week on Anchor FM at 11 a.m. Be sure to follow our Facebook page and She Shall Be Called Woman. And until then, ladies, always remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You are tuning in to another episode of And She Shall Be Called Woman with your host for the hour, Reverend Kathy LaFleur. And I just want to thank all of my returning followers and welcome all of our new listeners to the show. You can catch us every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on Anchor FM. And be sure to go over to our Facebook page, And She Shall Be Called Woman. Follow us there. Like the page and and just tune in for upcoming episodes and events. Amen. We're going to go ahead and get right into our lesson this morning coming out of the book of Exodus chapter 4. I'm going to be reading to you in the ESV version so it may read different from what you have. So let's go ahead and go before the Lord. Amen. In prayer, and then we'll get right down into our scripture. God, we thank you for this hour. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this season. God, I thank you for every woman that is tuning in, that is listening. Father God, uh, I pray, Lord God, that you will open up their hearts, their minds, their understanding to what it is that you are saying to us, not just collectively as a unit, Lord God, but individually. God, I thank you, Lord. I ask that you would pour into them, God, that you would ignite them, God, that you would inspire them and encourage them, Lord God, to press on, to continue on this journey that you have set before us, oh God, that you have called us out to, God. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for what will happen on this broadcast. I thank you for the hearts and the minds that will be changed, that will be uplifted, God. I thank you for every woman, Lord God, that have sowed into the ministry, Lord God. Thank you for our sponsorships and for those Lord God that have just sold into me Father God in the name of Jesus I ask that you would pour out to them and bless them in a mighty way cover and keep them oh God during this time and this season God I thank you for what you're about to do in their life for the things that are about to break out Lord God from them and within them I thank you for what you have set before them Lord God the things that you have set aside for them to do now God I ask that you would decrease me oh God 
and that you would increase your Holy Spirit in me so that they would only hear me for a moment, God, but then they will hear your voice and your word declares that your sheep hear you. They know your voice and another they will not follow. I give you glory. I give you honor and I give you praise in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. So let us go to our scriptures. Uh, Exodus chapter four, beginning at the first verse, and it reads, then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. And it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand, and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Again the Lord said to him, Put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it out on dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in this past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord kindled against Moses and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to say. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff, which you shall do these signs. Amen. And so we're just going to talk briefly for a moment. God wants to use what's in you. God wants to use what's in you. So here we find Moses. And at this particular time, Moses is answering God. He's given God an answer because God 
speaks to him through a burning bush in the earlier chapters and and he tells him that he have heard the cries of his people and because he have heard the cries of his people and he have seen for himself the suffering that they were going through that God was going to come down and to command Pharaoh to let his people go but he would send Moses my God in his place to do so now Moses Moses is dealing at this time with his inadequacies. Moses is dealing at this time with his limitation. Moses is dealing with at this time his insignificance, his inabilities. He's dealing with himself while God is speaking to him about the plans of God to get the children of Israel out of Egypt, my God, into the wilderness where they can go and worship God. And so what happens is Moses begins to answer God and, and he begins to say to God, the first thing is, they're not going to believe me. And, and, and what if they don't listen to me? And so what the Lord begins to do is he begins to train Moses right where he is. Mm. He begins to show Moses the signs that Moses is to show the people of Israel and Pharaoh. He begins to demonstrate to Moses right where he is the things that Moses is to demonstrate to the people of Israel and my God to Pharaoh. He begins to tell and teach Moses in the place right where he is. Now mind you Moses he's a shepherd for his wife's father-in-law and and he's back in the field and and he's herding the sheep for his father-in-law and and at this time Moses has already escaped from Egypt because Moses was living there from the time that he was a little boy found in the Nile River, right? And so Moses is still living in Egypt when he kills a man, my God, that he saw beating one of his own. And then they called him out for what they saw him do. And Moses has to flee and he flees and, and he goes into where God meets him at now. He's shepherding his father-in-law's sheep. And, and so he has already a shepherd's staff in his hand and and this is why God says I'm gonna use what's in you and and I know that it sounds funny to say what's in you instead of what's with you or or what's in your hand but I need you to understand that the staff oh my god there was no power in the staff there was power in the God that spoke to Moses with the staff And so what God had to show Moses was that there was something hidden inside of Moses. And, and Moses felt inadequate to perform what God needed him to do in order to get the children out of bondage and out of slavery. But what Moses didn't understand, that there was something deeper in Moses. And Moses didn't understand, my God, he didn't understand what it was in him that he already had. And so he was trying to look for something tangible, something Something relatable, something understandable that he can tell the people, this is the reason why I'm coming to do this. And so God begins to show him signs that he are he is to show them. And so when I look back at Moses, when I begin to research his story, um, the first thing that I found out about Moses was his name meant something. 
his name, his name. His name meant, uh, it, it was a Hebrew verb and it meant to pull out or to draw out. It, it, it meant to pull out or to draw out. He was named Moses because he was pulled out of the Nile River by Pharaoh's daughter. At that time, it was a different Pharaoh. Keep in mind, it was a different Pharaoh. And so she drew him out of the Nile River and so she named him ah after his nature. She named him drawn out. She named him pull out. She named him, if you look at the other uh, explanation of his name, the other interpretation of his name, it means deliver. So she names him what ends up being his nature. And Moses didn't understand his nature. He didn't understand his name. And so what he did was he questioned his ability. He, he questioned his, his capabilities. He, he questioned his speak. And, and so what he said was, he said, the first thing he said was, why me? Like, why, why, why are you calling me? Have you ever got to the place ladies where you, you know that God has sent you on this certain assignment and, and the assignment seems so much bigger than, than your capabilities is so much bigger than your finances is so much bigger than what you what you thought of is so much bigger than the notebooks and the planners that you have wrote everything in and so the first thing you begin to question God is like why me when when you deal with the things that you have to deal with you you begin to question there's no doubt in my mind that when God told him that he would have to go back to Egypt in order to tell Pharaoh to let his people go that he was saying why do I gotta go back to a place that I had to run from why do I need to go back to a place from that I had to escape from the place that 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 meant me evil, a place that meant me harm. Why do I have to go back and then help the people there? I, he was helping the people before he escaped, but the way he was doing it was his way. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. He was doing it his way. See, when he saw injustice, ah, oh my God, when he saw injustice with the Egyptians and his people and the and the Israelites and the Hebrew, the Hebrew, he saw this man being beaten and he felt compassion and he stepped in and he killed the Egyptian. See, Moses took things in his own hands and he did it the way he wanted to do. What God was showing him was, I'm going to take you back because I see that you have the same compassion. I see that you have the same hurt that they have. I see that you have the same ability to look on them and to feel what they're feeling. I see that you can look on them and see the sufferings that they were going through, that you saw the injustice that you saw and you had compassion on my people. So I'm going to send back the same one that can that had the same compassion that I have unto the people to get them out of a situation that they're in right now. God said, but I want to use you. Ah, thank you, God. I want to use you the way I want to use you. See, when you first came out of Egypt, you came out because you had to run out. You had to escape. Why? Because you did it the wrong way. You had the right reasons, but you had the wrong way. God said, I still want to use what's in you. See, it was already in you to see the injustice. It was in you to see the wrongful doings on those people. It was in you to see what they were going through. But the problem was you did it your way. Now I want to show you how to do it this way. See, there's a way with God. There's a pattern with God. There's an order with God that we have to follow. And even though God gives us these assignments and even though God gives us these, these uh, seats and these orders and these things that we have to do, God said that there's a way to do it. See, sometimes we end up messing up the first time because we try to do it our way. And our way is so much flesh in our 
way. It's, it's so wrong the way we do it because people get hurt and there are casualties to doing things our way. And, and somebody had to, to suffer even more. The, the man had to die. And not only did he die, Moses hid his body. Oh my God, Moses hid his body after he killed him. He didn't even understand that there were people that he was helping that saw him, that called him out for the things that he did. Why? Because he did it his way. He did it the wrong way. And God said, well, let me train you. He's on my shoulder. I'm so glad that God did not disqualify him for messing up. Ladies, listen, God does not disqualify us for making mistakes. Ah, my God, he didn't disqualify him. He didn't say, I'm not going to use you because you messed around and, and you killed the man. I'm not saying this for y'all to go out there and kill nobody. I'm, I'm telling you about Moses' story. God said, I didn't disqualify you, but what I saw was that you had compassion. I saw that you had boldness. I saw that you had hands that would, that would fight for what was right. I saw what was in you. God said, I want to use what's in you, but I got to show you how to do it my way. You, you can't do this your way because if you do it your way, things will get messed up. Things will die. I need something to live. I need the children of Israel to live. I need them to come out and worship me. And so we find Moses here in the, uh, in the book and we find him as asking God these questions. Why would they listen to me, Lord? They're not going to believe. And how can I get them to believe me? Listen, when I begin to read Exodus over, starting at chapter number one, going through to chapter number four, what I found was uh, just incredibly enlightened. Enlightening was that Moses was not only assigned to Pharaoh, Moses was assigned to the leadership in Egypt under the Israelites. Did you catch that? Moses not only had to go to Pharaoh to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, Moses had to go before he went to Pharaoh to the Israelites to let them know that God was sending him back. Why was that even important? And God began to show me, he said, the reason why it was important was because the people, ah, thank you, God, that saw his mistake, the people that witnessed his murder, the people that heard the, the story about how he killed this man and healed, hid his body, the same people that he messed up in front of, now he would have to go to them and try to convince them that God was using him to bring them out. How, Lord? How do you want me? I understand Moses questioning now. How is it that you want me to go back to the place where they saw me mess up at God? How can I go back to the place where they saw me fall? How can I go back to the place where they saw me error and tell them that now I'm a leader? To tell them that now I'm someone that you want to use? How can I go back to the people that know what I did in my past? How can I go back to the people that knows that I, that I messed up and did something horribly wrong? How can I go back to the people that know that I ran and went and hit? Not only did I hide the body, but I went and hit myself, oh God. How can I go back? And God said, because I'm going to use what's in you. Ah, 
My God, he said, I'm going to use what's in you. It's already in you to help them out. How do I know that it was in Moses to help these people out? God began to open my eyes to the scriptures all the more. He said, because if you look back when he was drawn out of the Nile himself, ah, thank you, God. He said, I drew him out so that he can draw others out. See, I'm not telling you to do anything that you haven't experienced. Ah, Shotaro. See, you don't understand that you've experienced it because it probably happened so long ago that you didn't even remember that it was already in you. Moses was drawn out to be to, to draw others out. See, it's already in us to do these things that God has set in order for us. The assignments are already in us. My God. And so he says, I'm going to use you. Excuse me. In the same place. Sometimes we want God to send us somewhere different. Send me over here, Lord. And we use those scriptures. Because a prophet is without honor and even in his own country. But God said, I want to use what's in you. Because I see what's in you. I see a piece of me in you. The, The compassion that you have, I have. The fact that you can see suffering, I see them. The fact that you can hear the cries of them, I heard them. God said, you're so much like me. Ah, ladies, listen, you're so much like your father. Ah, your daddy's girls, you're so much like them that he is saying to you on this day, I want to use what you already got. I know that you think you need to do something extra. I know that you think you need to have something more. I know that you think that you need more time. I know that you think you need more study. I know that you think you need a title. I know that you think you need permission. I know that you think you need somebody to instruct you, but I want to train you Ah, right where you are. I want to show you how to use what you have. And so what God begins to do is he begins to tell him, okay, how about this? Use something, use something that you already got in your hand. See, Moses was able to use the staff. Why? Because he was already the shepherd in the field. Ah, my God, overseeing the flock of his father-in-law. So he knew how to be a shepherd. Ah, so he knew how to be a shepherd and, and he used, the staff was used not only, my God, not only to, to, uh, show the authority ah glory to your name the staff was also used to protect it was used to protect Jesus the staff is used to protect us right the staff is used ah thank you Holy Ghost let me just look at my notes real quick the staff is used and it's used as a sign of authority it's it's a sign of the office. Ah, see, Moses was being ordained by God in a wilderness place. Uh, he's given him power. Ah, Shotaro. He's given him authority. He's he's giving him commission, not permission, commission. He's he's com he, I'm not sure. He's co coming into this agreement with him. A uh, a uh, 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 co 
mission. Get it? A co-mission. This this is not a single mission. This is a co-mission, which means I'm going to be with you in this mission. So I'm, I'm teaming up with you and, and I'm going to let you use what's comfortable in your hands. Go ahead and take the staff with you. I'm going to show you what you already had inside of you. I'm going to use what you already possessed. Oh my God. I'm going to use what you already had in order to bring my children out. And the reason I know that you will bring my children out is because you were brought out. And so anytime that God brings you out of a situation, you get excited and you get encouraged and and you get ignited to bring the next woman out. And this is why we have this, this thing called testimonies, because now we can tell other people how God has brought us out. Now we can tell other people the things that we went through that God brought us through. Now we can go back and testify about the goodness of the Lord. See, Moses didn't understand while he is yet an adult in the place that he's in where God is meeting him, that he was the baby that was in the Nile that had to be brought out. Now you're the man that gets to go back and bring others out. Not only is it going to be you brought out, now you can bring others. Look at how it multiplied. Oh my God, on behalf of the children of, of Israel, hallelujah, that he is now the deliverer and he's using, my God, thank you, Lord. God said, I'm going to use what's already in you. He said, Moses has been a shepherd at this time for about 40 years, tending to the sheep of someone else. Tending to the sheep of Jethro. It's not Moses' sheep. It's not even Moses' sheep. Moses is the shepherd, the over, the under shepherd of the flock of someone else. God, God said, see, I already know you know. I already know you know how to do this because you've been doing this. I see how you cover the, the sheep with, with your staff. I see how you protect the, them from the wolves that will try to come up and eat them. I see how you will use the, the staff. To, to, to cover them and to bring them back into the fold when they try to get away. See, the shepherd staff is not only used to protect, but it's also used to steer and to guide them back into the fold. God said, I see that you know how to get people to come back to me. I see that you know how to keep them in order and keep them in line, not to lord over them, but with compassion. Oh my God. He said, I see that you have a heart like God. I want to use what you already got. I want to use, ladies, what you already got, the Lord is saying. He said, I want to use what you already got. And so the journey, the journey that God was showing me about Moses was, he said the journey for him was to get him to listen to me. He said the journey is it's, it's a part of, of, of Moses listening to God. And, and, and so if Moses, Moses had to, oh, y'all got to excuse me. I'm getting excited. Moses had to be the first partaker in listening to God to go. He had to be the first partaker and he had to go even with his inabilities, even with his inadequacies, even with his shortcomings, even with his speech problem, even with his, his fear problem, even with his lack of faith problem. He still 
had to go and he had to be the first partaker in this commission with God. And so if you're not going to listen to God, how can people listen to you? Come on, Jesus speak. Hallelujah. How can you expect people to listen to the God that sent you when you won't listen to the God that sent you? God said, I needed Moses to listen to me first. See, I knew I was going to harden Pharaoh's heart. I knew he wasn't going to let the children go. I knew it was going to take 10 plagues. I knew he was going to chase them down even after it. He said, but I still sent him. I sent him because I needed him to listen to me. See, when you begin to position yourself to hear God, the next thing to do is to obey God. And you have to obey God even when you don't feel that you are the one called for this assignment. Even when the enemy tries to talk to you and tell you about your problems and tell you about your ashotro, tell you about your past, you got to get to the point where you push past your past and you push past your problems and you push past everything that you feel that you can't do and you got to understand that it's not you doing it, that it's the God in you. And God said, I want to use what's already in you, ladies. I want to use what's already there. My God. And so Moses, he's going through this thing with God and he's teaching him, okay, well, we'll put the staff, throw it to the ground. And Moses throws it to the ground. Pick it up by the tail. That's very specific instructions. He didn't say pick it up in the middle. He didn't say pick it up by the head. Pick it up by the tail. He caught it and, 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 and it became a staff again. But before he picked it up, he ran from it. See, a lot of, a lot of y'all running from the things that God has told you to do because you are afraid of what God has told you to do. It, it turned into something bigger than you could even handle. And now you are afraid to walk into it. Now you are afraid to stand up in it. Now you are afraid to step out on it. God said, pick it up by the tail. Take control, my God. He said, take it, grab it. I gave it to you. It's already, it's been in your hand and you didn't even realize. Take it, pick it up. And I'm going to show you how to use what you have in you. And so he caught it and it becomes a staff in his hands. And he said, and I'm showing you this so that they can believe. Look, but Moses had to believe it too. He said, but I'm showing you this. This will be a sign for them to believe. My God. And so then he shows them. He said, now put your hand in your cloak and then take your hand out. And, and his hand had turned leprous, like leprosy. It was white as snow. And, and then he put it back in and it became normal. It was restored. God said, I'm trying to get you to understand something. See, the reason why I'm, I'm restoring you right where you are. I'm restoring you, Moses, right where you are. Before you go back, I'm trying to get you ready. I am positioning you. I am commissioning you. And I am restoring you for when you go back that you can tell my people what I said. Mm. He said, and you can tell Pharaoh what I said. Run, tell that to Pharaoh. And then he said, so if they don't believe the first sign, if they don't believe the sign of you throwing the staff down and they don't believe the sign of you putting your hand in your cloak, then maybe they'll believe when you take some water, (laughs) glory, out of the Nile and pour it onto the dry ground. He said, and the water shall become blood. You know, Moses' story is so much like Christ when you look at it. It's so much like Christ when you look at it. I'm not going to get into the depths of that. Thank you, God. I'm not going to get into the depths of that. He said, Moses began to respond with his, I'm not eloquent. 
Ever since you've been talking to me, I knew God. I've been listening and I know I can't even speak. And you asking me to go say something. Then he said, well, who made your mouth to speak? But that didn't even convince Moses. Then he said, okay, well, why me? Why you got to send me out like that? And so God begins to show him. Even though his anger was kindled toward Moses, he still says, okay, I tell you what, take your brother. Because I've seen your brother, he's a Levi, he knows how to speak. And so now I'm going to put you in a position where I'm in. You're going to tell him what to say. See, I'm telling you what to say. I'm positioning, I'm positioned as your God. But I'm going to allow you to take position as a position of authority. I'm going to use what's in you. See, Moses didn't even realize how the turnaround even happened. He said, I'm going to use you. Oh my God. He said, and the very last verse, he says, and take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. He had a guarantee plan. See, one thing we have to understand about God is it's guaranteed when it's God. It's right when it's God. It, it, it's timing when it's God. When it's us, we mess things up. But when it's God, you can't lose with the stuff he used. You just can't. It's guaranteed. And so God wanted me to encourage you today. He wanted me to let you know that of all the excuses that you have, everything that you are trying to use, that you are trying to speak to disqualify yourself, that God says that I didn't call the qualified. I will equip the called. I didn't call you because of your, your perfection. I called you because of your heart. I understand you made some mistakes in the past. I know you messed up. I saw you. But I still want to use you. Because I saw your heart. And you messed up. Because your heart. Oh my God. Was involved. You did the wrong thing. For the right reasons. He said now I want to show you how to do. The right thing. For the right reasons. I want to show you my way to doing things. So ladies, I want you to understand that there are some women right now that have cried out for help and God has heard them and this is why you are on the assignments that you are on. That there are some children that have cried out for help and this is why God is trying to get you to understand this is why you were chosen. No one else can do it but you. I gave you this assignment. I gave you this to do. And I didn't give it to you for you to try to figure out how it shall be done. I gave it to you and I'm going to show you exactly how to do it. He said, I'm going to train you right where you are. I'm going to use what's already in you. And I'm going to make sure that they know that it was your God. What you have in your hand, that staff, Moses, represents the power and the authority of the God you serve. It's not 
us doing it. It's the grace of God. It's the power of God. It's the glory of God. And so what we have to understand is that it's not by our power or our might, but it's by his spirit. It's already in you, ladies. It's already in you. Be encouraged this day. Be encouraged this day. And I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode two. Season two, episode two of And She Shall Be Called Woman. We're going to go ahead and pray out. I just want to give you a couple of uh, details, little announcements about our sponsorship, how you can contribute to these shows. Um, You can do so, and this helps us sustain future episodes. You can do monthly donations if you would like. Uh, They are as low as 99 cents per month. Um, You can do uh, the 99 cent per month plan, or you can do the $4.99 per month, or you can do the $9.99 per month. I know I made an error on the post that said per show, but it's actually per month. So it's either 99 cents per month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. And if you want to know, you would just go to Anchor FM. You would click on the support tab when you pull up Anchor FM and she shall be called Woman Show. You would click on the support staff. You would select your monthly contribution amount. And then you they would ask you to put in your card information for that to be debited from your account on a monthly basis. So it's monthly. It's not per show. Um, if you choose um, and you want to just do a one-time contribution or donation, you can cash app dollar, shop, dollar sign official Rev K. You can send a cash app to dollar sign official Rev K. So O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-R-E-V and the letter K. So you can do that if you want to do a one-time donation or if you want to do a monthly contribution and become one of our sponsors, um, please feel free to do so. We are going to be celebrating one year um, coming up in the month of June. And for that particular uh, episode, our one-year episode, we are going to have some giveaways. We are going to do some amazing things. So I want to make sure that you ladies tune in and be prepared for that. We're going to be giving away some nice things to you ladies for just being a part of our show. Even if you just tuned in and you haven't been with us a year, you will qualify to win some free giveaways. You don't have to buy no raffle tickets. There's no cost included in it. We just want to bless you for being a blessing with us. Amen. And so as we pray ourselves out this morning, I pray that you have a wonderful Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening. I pray that God will continue to watch and shine over you. Um, God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for what our ears have heard, our hearts have felt. Father God, we thank you for speaking to us, Lord, and and that you have said that you want to use what we have in us, what we already have. And we thank you, Lord God, for we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord God, we know that our bodies is a temple of the Holy Spirit, oh God, and that we are to present ourselves unto you holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. 
So God, as we go through our, our day and we ponder and, and allow this word to send seal in our hearts and minds, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would show us, oh God, what you saw in us. Why you picked us out, God? Why me? God, we all say, why me? Why did you pick us out? Show us what you saw about us that resembled what you know about yourself, God. Encourage us right where we are, oh God. Speak to us right in our situation, Lord God. Remind us of what we have, in, not only in our heart, but in our hand. Remind us of the authority that we have by using your name, for there is power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No other name than your name, Father God. Your name that sets people free, God. Your name that heals and delivers, God. We know that we have something in our heart. We know that we have something in our hand. And we thank you, God, that you have commissioned with us on these assignments that you have placed before us. God, I know that sometimes we doubt and we fear and we have questions and, and Lord, we don't feel adequate enough and we don't feel that we have the ability to do what you have set forth in us, God. But just remind us, Lord, that you said that you will be there with us for your word declares that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And God, we will be so careful and we will be so mindful to give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' matchless name, we pray. Amen and thank God. Ladies, have a wonderful day again one more time. Be sure for any type of details or our upcoming shows or our events, um, we're going to have some lives that we'll do on our Facebook page. But be sure to go and follow our Facebook page and she shall be called woman. Make sure you share this broadcast. Tune in next week at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Anchor FM for our show with your host again, Reverend Kathy LaFleur. God bless you. I love you. God keep you. Have a wonderful day.